Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. One of the things that energizes our teams the most is being able to hear stories of lives that are impacted by this ministry. We would love for you to share your story with us by emailing it to stories at newcommunity.co or maybe your next step to getting connected to what God is doing in this ministry is partnering with us financially. You can do that online at www.newcommunity.co or through the PushPay app and find the giving option that works best for you. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, church. It's good to see each and every one of you here. And I am excited because we're starting a brand new series this morning. And if you're our guest, maybe if it's your first time, let me start by introducing myself. My name is Aaron, and I am the lead pastor here at New Community Church. And we're glad that you're joining with us this morning. We have been um, walking through the Bible together ever since about the middle of September. And we've been going through the first five books of the Bible in the series that we just um, concluded and looking at the stories and the lives of people in God's word and what God was speaking to them and then what that means for us. And if you've been following along also in the reading plan, um, today we'll be finishing up the book of Deuteronomy, those first five books of the Bible, and we'll be stepping into that next section, um, the historical books of the Bible from Joshua to Esther. And that's what this series will include. And we're going to be talking about this idea and looking at the the lives of people, once again, that God is calling to step out, to step out from their comfort zone, to step out from maybe insecurities that they have in their past or things that have been behind them, and to step into God's plan and God's future and to step into a new legacy that God has for them. And once again, as we examine their stories, we're going to examine our own lives and see what it is that God is challenging us to step out into. And so it's going to be a great series. There are some amazing stories that we're going to be walking through that you're not going to want to miss as we look at this idea of what God is calling each and every one of us to. And so I want to encourage you, continue to follow along in the Bible reading plan. If you need a paper copy, you can grab one back at the Information Center. Even if you're just starting right now, jump in with us as tomorrow we get ready to start the book of Joshua and continue to look at what God is doing in the lives of people. Now, as I was thinking about this first message, this first individual that we're going to look at, I thought about um, some things that have happened in my life. I am a pretty stubborn person, I realize this, and don't always follow um, the plans or instructions the way that they're always lined out to me. And I can remember a time when Sarah and I, we were engaged at this point. We were attending a Bible college in Waxahachie. And we had uh, another couple that we were really close to. Their name were Chad and Jennifer. Um, and they were engaged at that same time. So we ended up doing a lot of stuff with them. We went out on double dates. We spent a lot of times, time with them and just hung out a lot. And there was something called Twerp Week at the college that we were at. And it was the woman is required to pay. And so I don't know if you guys have ever been a part of anything like this, but it's where the girls ask the guys out and they plan kind of the night. And so Sarah and Jennifer had planned this amazing night for a Chad and myself. And they had given us very clear instructions about how this night was to go. And they had put in a lot of detail, a lot of time. And so they came up with this scavenger hunt date for us. And so we had um, specific instructions that we were supposed to follow. And so it comes to Friday night, and we were supposed to get dressed up really nice. And they said, hey, you're going to need a suit and a tie. Um, we're going to go to an expensive restaurant and do something really nice for you guys. Um, and Chad and I were running a little bit late. And so I thought, it's probably not a big deal. We'll go look for some of the clues. 
and then we'll come back and get ready, and then we'll finish looking for the clues, and then we'll go meet them wherever we're supposed to meet them at. And so we took off, Chad and I, and we kind of jumped ahead. We didn't really follow the clues like we were supposed to. Um, We kind of noticed, hey, these were key places that we had been out on dates together and different things, so we jumped ahead, and and we end up at one point um, thinking we're pretty close to the end. We're pretty sure that we're to the end. We had ignored all the instructions to follow them step by step like we were supposed to, like they had lined out. And so we pull back up to the dorms. We're going to get changed into our nice clothes and then go find um, Sarah and Jennifer wherever they're at. And as we pull up to the dorms and we walk in, we can see the girls standing inside the dorms. And my mouth drops open because Sarah... She looks so beautiful. She's in this amazing dress. Her hair is done. Her makeup is done. And I'm in overalls and a T-shirt, you guys, like denim overalls. Chad's standing there, and Jennifer's there, too. She looks very beautiful. Chad's there in basketball shorts and a T-shirt. And we had messed up the plans. And the girls' faces went from one of excitement to one of frustration as soon as they saw how we were dressed up. Because we still hadn't even got all of the clues and all of the stuff that we were supposed to to go out on the date night. We had really messed up the plans. And so they were frustrated. And it took a lot of begging from me and Chad to convince them to go ahead with the date. We were like, please still let us go out. And finally they let us go get changed into our outfits. But this has happened numerous times where I realized I try to do things my own way, and it never really works out like I thought it was going to. I I try to kind of do it on my own or try to figure it out on my own, and I always seem to mess up things whenever that happens. And I think it's a lot in our lives like that with our relationship with God, maybe in your life with your relationship with God. Sometimes we try to do it our own way. We miss out on God's plan. We miss out on the instructions that God has given us. And when we do that, so many times we can miss the opportunity that God has in front of us. We can miss the purpose and the dreams that God has for our life because we're trying to do it our own way. And I want us to look at the life of a person this morning that God was challenging to step out and to do something amazing and what happens as he follows God's plan. So if you have your Bibles, turn this morning to Judges chapter 6. We're going to start reading at verse 11, Judges 6, 11. If you don't have a Bible, there should be a Bible in the seat in front of you. It may be one or two seats over, and you can take out that Bible and follow along with us. It's on page 118 in that Bible. And once you have that, go ahead and hold on to that for just one moment, Judges 6, 11. And in case you're unfamiliar with what's taking place in this part of the Bible, I'll give you um, kind of a quick catch-up on where we're at. God's people have come out of 400 years of slavery in Egypt. And God promised them a land. We talked about this a few weeks ago, that God was going to give them a specific land that they were going to be able to inhabit. They were going to build homes. And this is where future generations would live at. And so they've come into this promised land that God spoke to them about. They've established it. All the land has been divided up among all of the families of God's people. And so now they're living in God's land. God tells them in the book of Deuteronomy that we've been reading through, God instructs them, whenever you come into the land, there's going to be other nations that try to distract you from me. They're going to worship other gods, and they're going to try to get your attention away from me and for you to worship other gods. They're going to respect your wisdom and the way that you live, but you're going to be different from them, and so don't go after them. Don't go after their gods. Don't start doing what they do. Stay true to me. And the people of God ignored God's instructions. And so they start forming this habit, kind of this circle that they keep on falling into, of things will be good. And so they say, God, why do we really need you? 
We can do this on our own. And then all of a sudden, devastation, crisis hits. Another nation will come in and invade their country. And all of a sudden, they'll cry out, God, we can't do this. We need your help. Come and deliver us, God, and God will send a deliverer. And then all of a sudden, everything will be good again. And then they'll fall into that exact same cycle over and over again. We're not that different from people thousands and thousands of years ago. Many times we do this, and so this is where we pick up the story. There was a nation called Midian, the Midianites, that had come in and invaded the land of Israel, the promised land, where God's people were, and they're looking for God to somehow deliver them, but they're in a very difficult situation. Judges 6, 11 says this, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizarite, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our father recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do I not send you? And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you. But I will be with you, and you shall strike down the Midianites as one man. So this is what's going on. There's something happening in the life of Gideon here that's taking place that God is encouraging Gideon to step out from. When we, whenever we're first introduced to Gideon, this is how we're introduced. This is a person that's hiding in a wine press. Okay, this is a place where they would kind of stomp out the grapes and the wine would go and, and they would kind of begin that process of making it into wine. And he's hiding in there and he's got a little bit of wheat Whenever we come upon him, he's got a little bit of wheat that he's threshing out. He's beating it out to form some grain to make some bread. And when we come upon this story, he's in this wine press. He's hiding out. And I can imagine Gideon's bent down and he's beating some of the wheat. And then he's looking up and making sure there's no Midianites around him. Because this other nation, this army had come into the land of Israel. And they had devastated everything that the land had. They had taken their crops. They had taken their possessions. They had taken over their houses. We read in this part of the Bible that many of them were hiding out in caves and in other parts. They had become dispossessed from the land that God had given them. And so Gideon is hiding out, making sure that no one's going to come steal the little bit of grain, the little bit of food that he has, and he's just trying to survive. He's just trying to make it through this moment, just make it today a little bit of food for him. And God comes up to him. And God begins to speak some things into Gideon's life that Gideon not, could not see about himself. And God said, behold, you're a mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, who are you talking to? I'm the least in my family. Our tribe is small. Like, I'm nobody. There's all of these other people around me. God, where are you at? I'm nobody, God. And it looks like you've abandoned us. And God said, no, I see something in you that you don't even see in yourself. And God was challenging Gideon, even in that moment of trouble, even in those moments of fear, even with all of that doubt that Gideon had, God was encouraging Gideon to step out into the plan that he had for his life. 
And that's the same challenge that you and I have, that God is speaking to us this morning, that God wants to remind us God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life, and he's challenging you to step out into his plan. You need to step out into God's plan that he has for you, that God is seeing over your life. See, the problem is so many of us, we find ourselves in difficult situations. We find ourselves in trouble times. Maybe it's something we've done to ourselves. Maybe it's something that someone else has done to us. Maybe we feel helpless in the situation that we are in. It could be a financial problem. It could be a relational problem. It could be something else, something that's going on in your workplace, something that's going on in your family. Whatever it is, sometimes we feel like Gideon where we're just trying to survive the day, where we're just making it through that moment. And in that moment, we feel worthless. We don't feel like we have value. And God is coming into our lives. God steps into our life, and he has a plan, and he has a purpose for us, and he begins to speak out things that we can't even see in ourselves. And guys, you may be sitting here this morning thinking about the dysfunctional family that you come from, but God is looking at your life saying, no, I've made you the spiritual leader of your house. You may be sitting here this morning thinking, I'm nobody. Man, my job, like, I'm not a successful person. I don't have a lot of influence. And God is looking at you saying, no, I've placed you there to be a light to the people around you. In your school, wherever you're at, God has put you there for a specific reason. See, God has a plan. He has a purpose for your life. And he is speaking out things over you that you may not even see in yourself at this moment. God's looking at you and he's saying, I've made you a mighty man of valor. I've made you a warrior. I've made you someone for me. Women, he's saying, I've placed my spirit inside of you. You have purpose. You have a destiny. I've placed hope inside of you. The question is, are you willing to step out? That's what he's looking at Gideon's life. Are you willing to step out into what it is that God is calling you into? Even if you can't see it in yourself, when God begins to speak that over your life, will you step out into it, church? Step out into God's plan. Step out into God's purpose that he has for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. It talks about this idea. God is talking to his people, and he says, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans for a future in your life. See, God over and over in his word is trying to get his people to understand this. God is trying to help us to understand this, that he has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. You may not see it at this point. You may be doubting who you are and even what God wants to do inside of you, but God is speaking out words of life over you. God is speaking out things that even you may not see in and of yourself, but God's saying, I've placed it there. Step out into my plan. And the problem is Gideon's just trying to make it through that day. Gideon can't see into the future. He's not thinking about having a home. He's not thinking about the land that God has promised him. He's thinking about having food for the next few moments, just something to eat and not having it stolen away by this nation that has invaded them. But God doesn't just see that moment that we're in. And God's plan doesn't just entail just us making it by, just kind of eking out a living. God says, no, I see your future. Gideon, you may just be focused in on today, but I can see in tomorrow. And my plan is provision in tomorrow. My plan is something for your future. My plan is something that I want to do inside of you and through you that's not only going to impact you, but it's going to impact future generations. See, God's plan wasn't just for Gideon to have a little bit of food. It was for his kids and grandkids to have a home. 
And so many times we're living in our moment. We don't understand God's plan. We don't understand what God is doing. But God's trying to do something in our life, not just for us, but for future generations. For your kids, for your grandkids. God's plan isn't just about you, but it's about what he wants to do through you for future generations, for others that are going to come after you. God's looking at Gideon saying, Gideon, step out into my plan. You're not just going to have to hide out anymore just to get a little bit of bread. I want to give you your inheritance back. I want to give you that provision back. I want to provide a home for you and for your kids. He was challenging Gideon. You've got to step out into the plan that I have for your life. And Gideon's being tested in that moment. God, do I trust your plan? I don't see it in myself. I don't see the future that you see. But God, am I willing to step out into what you're calling me into? That's the question for each of us, church. Are we willing to step out into God's plan? As we continue to follow this story, we see what's taking place in Gideon's life. And we see what happens as he steps out into what God has for him, into the future that God wants for his life. Gideon is still having some doubts in his life. He can't come to that place of fully trusting in God. And so he says, God, you've got to show me some signs. You've got to do something. Show up, God, in some kind of supernatural way to let me know this is really your plan, that I didn't just imagine all of this. And so God does that. So Gideon finally says, okay, God, I'm going to go up and I'm going to battle the Midianite army. And he gets all of the men of Israel together. He gathers together around 30,000 people, over 30,000 men that come together. And they're going to go out to the Midian army, and the Midian army is camped in this valley. They have over 120,000 guys. And Gideon's probably thinking, God, I don't know how we're going to take about over 30,000 guys, and we're going to face an army of 120,000. It just doesn't work out, God, but I'm going to trust you. And as he's talking with God, God says, Gideon, there's a problem. That's not my plan. You have too many men. And he's like, wait a minute, God, we're already outnumbered. There's no way we have too many men. And God says, trust my plan, Gideon. So Gideon stands up, and according to what God says, he says, if anyone's scared, you're nervous to go into battle, you don't want to fight, go ahead and go home. It's okay. And 22,000 guys leave. He's left with an army of 10,000. And he says, okay, God, I've got your army. We're ready to go out and fight against the Midianites. And God says it again, you've got too many men. And Gideon follows God's plan again, and he goes down to the river. He follows God's instructions, and another 9,700 guys walk away. He's left with 300. And he's going to go fight this army of 120,000 guys with 300 men. Now, just in case in your mind you've got this idea that this is some kind of Hollywood movie, that this is a Spartan army against some Persian army, and they're going to wipe them out, that's not what's taking place, okay? These are not 300 trained warriors. These are 300 guys who just a few weeks ago were hiding out in a wine press. They were hiding out in caves. These are not warriors or strong guys. These are just regular guys who God is going to use to defeat this army. And Gideon is listening to the voice of God, and he's trying to follow what God is telling him to do. And he gets the 300 guys and he splits them up into a few groups and they surround the Midianite army and they're following the directions of God. And this is what it says in Judges chapter 7, verse 19, as Gideon steps out into God's plan. If you have your Bibles, you can um, turn over to that. Judges seven nineteen. we see how this story ends. This is what it says. 
So Gideon and the hundred of men who were with him came to the outskirts of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch when they had just set the watch. And they blew the trumpets that the Lord commanded and smashed the jars that were in their hand. And then the other three companies blew their trumpets and broke the jars. And they held in their hands, the left hand, the torches, and in the right hands, the trumpets to blow. And they cried out, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Every man stood in his place around the camp, and all the army ran. They cried out, and they fled. When they blew the 300 trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his comrade and against all of the army, and the army fled. So what happens? Gideon chooses to trust in God. He chooses to step out into God's plan and what God wants for his life, and God brings about this massive victory. And he's no longer having to hide. His countrymen are no longer having to hide in a wine press just to get a little bit of food. God has given them their land back over to them. God has given to them what he has promised them. He's restored that inheritance and that legacy because Gideon was willing to follow God's lead. Gideon was willing to step out when he couldn't see the future, when he didn't see it in himself. Gideon was willing to step out into what God was asking him to do. And I'm thinking about this. Gideon had to have that moment when God said, hey, tell everyone who's afraid to go into battle to go ahead and go home. He had to think, God, there is no way that we can do this. Let me do this, God. Let me take 30,000 into battle. Maybe there's some chance that we can defeat them. When God said, hey, let another 9,700 go, he had to think, God, there's no way that this way is better. There's no way that we're going to be able to do this. But God had told him, I'm going to be with you. Gideon, this isn't about your plan. This isn't about your wisdom. This isn't about your ability or what you think or you know can happen. Trust in me. Step out into my plan and see the victory that I am going to bring about. And Gideon does that. He trusts in God. He steps out. And no matter how crazy it seems, no matter how impossible it seems, he didn't even have to bring a sword into battle. And God delivered 120,000 men into his hands without firing one arrow, without lifting one spear, one sword, 120,000 men fell that day with only 300. Because God said, Gideon, I'm with you. And if you'll step out into my plan, if you'll follow my lead, if, if you'll trust me and believe what it is that I'm speaking over your life, what it is that I'm saying to you, it's going to come out okay. It's going to work out, Gideon, because I'm going to be with you. As I mentioned before, there have been a number of times in my life where I'm not the best at following directions. There may be other guys in the room that you're like this. And I can remember the first time um, we sat down to build a bunk bed for our oldest kids, Josiah and Micah, and they were a little bit older at this point. We went to Ikea. I don't know if you've ever tried to put Ikea furniture together, but there's just a few pictures. And, and we were going to put it down, and Josiah holds up the brochure, and he says, hey, Dad, do we need to look at this? And I said, no, of course we don't. I'm a guy, okay? And it's just a bunk bed. There's two ends, there's two middle slats, and you've got the bed. And so we can put this together. And so I get Josiah and Micah to help me, and, and I kind of toss the plans aside. I toss all the instructions aside, and we go to work putting that bunk bed together. I'm going to be honest. There was a lot of screaming and yelling. Hey, grab that screwdriver. No, that one, the one that I'm pointing at. Bring it over here. This thing's going to fall. But finally, we got it pieced together, and it actually worked, okay? 
I step back, I'm looking at this thing. It looks like the picture of whatever it was that I saw in the store. And I thought, man, we did a great job. And so I go to put the last piece on the ladder. Okay, so this is so whoever's on top can crawl up in there. And I notice there are no holes for the ladder to screw into. And then as Josiah's looking, he's like, Dad, what are these extra screws for? And we had put the slats on backwards, so now where I needed the ladder to go in was actually on the back side of the bunk bed. And I'm frustrated, you guys, because deep down I know if I would have just looked at the plans and followed the step-by-step instructions, we would not have to dismantle the whole bed and start rebuilding it again so that we could put the ladder on there. I don't know if any of you guys have ever had a similar situation. But I'm so frustrated because, once again, I'm trying to do it my own way. And I think I can figure it out on my own and still get the end product that I want. And I can't. And we can't do that spiritually in our lives. But we try so many times, you guys. We try to do it on our own when the plans are right there in front of us. And many of us spend so much time around God's presence being around the church, being around God's word, and we never really open up God's plans. We never stop and listen to what it is that God is speaking. There's so many times still where I'm praying and I'm going through my prayer list and I'm saying, God, I've got this going on and God, could you bless this area of my life? God, I've got this problem. I've got this situation. God, could you take care of this? And God, I want to do this next week and and this is what I'm going to try to do. God, could you help me with this? And God's spirit stops me and says, Aaron, Have you ever thought to stop and ask me what my plans are? Instead of asking me to bless what you're doing, will you stop for a moment and listen to my voice? Will you follow my instructions and my lead? Instead of just trying to run off ahead of me and do it on your own, will you listen to what it is that I'm saying? And we live our life like this. We have a beautiful baby boy, a beautiful baby girl. We bring them forward. We have them dedicated in the church. We pray over them, and then we go off and try to do it on our own. Try to get them into the best schools. Try to get them into the best sports team so they can get into the best college. And we forget to stop and ask God, what's your plans for my son? What's your plans for my daughter? Grandparent in this room, are you praying over your grandkids? God, more than they get into the best school, more than they even have the best job, God, let them know what your plans are for them, Lord. More than anything else in their life, God, let them know what it is that you're speaking over their life. Let them know what it is that you're wanting to say over them. We can get so busy trying to do it on our own that we miss out on what God wants. In our finances, we sit down and we look at what's coming in, the total amount that we have, whether it's 1,000 or 10,000, and we say, God, this is what I have to pay all the bills. And God says, no, you bring the first 10% to me. You honor me in the area of my finances. And God's word says that he can do more with 90% than you can do with the hundred. See, and so many times we're wondering, God, why am I struggling in my finances? Why aren't they blessed, God? Why is it so difficult? We're still trying to do it on our own, church. We've not stepped out into God's plans. We've not said, God, I'll trust you in every area of my life. God, I'll trust your leading. Trust what you're doing. In your workplace, wherever you're at, wherever God has placed you. It's not just about you getting ahead. It's not just about you making a paycheck. It's about saying, God, what's your plans for me? In my school, in my classroom, with my teacher, with my friends that are there, God, what are your plans for me? 
God, what is it that you're speaking over my life that I don't see yet? that I don't see even inside of myself, but God, you're saying that it's there, God. What is it that you're planning for my future, God, that I can't even see that future yet, but you're speaking that out over me, God. I wanna step out into your plans. See, church, God has a plan for you, and that plan is to prosper you. The question is, are you willing to step out into his plan and his purpose for your life? I wanna pray for you this morning. I'm gonna ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes this morning. I just want to end this service just by asking if there's anyone in this room this morning. And you're here, and if you were to be honest, you would say, you know what? I've been trying to do this thing on my own. I've been trying to figure this thing out by myself. And Aaron, I've never really taken that first step of entering into a relationship with God and trusting him with my life. And if that's you in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand up right where you're at and to come forward to the altar. I want to pray with you. God's word is very clear. We've all messed up God's plan. We've all missed God's mark for our life. We've sinned and destroyed our relationship with God. And the truth is there's nothing we can do to fix it on our own. But God said he's given us his son. Jesus came and he gave his life. He died on the cross so that you and I could be restored back into a right relationship with God so that you and I could truly discover God's purpose and God's plan for our life. And all we have to do is accept that invitation. And I want to ask this morning if there's anyone here and you would say, Aaron, I'm doing this on my own. I don't have that relationship with God. Maybe I did at one point, but I've walked away from his plan for my life and I'm doing it on my own. But this morning, I want that fresh start. If that's you, would you just stand up right where you're at this morning and come forward to this altar? I want to pray with you. Anyone at all, if God's speaking to you, don't miss this moment. Don't miss this opportunity. I'll wait just a few more moments. If there's no one in the room in that situation, then church, I want to ask you to pray with me. And as we close out this service, I want you to pray for God's boldness in your life. To step out into what his plans are. And that as you step out into his plans, just like in Gideon's life, that it would make an impact for people around you. That it would change your legacy and change your future as you step into God's plans. Let's pray together this morning, church. God, thank you for this powerful reminder, Lord. There are times in our life where we don't even see, God, what it is that you're calling us to, God. We don't even see, Lord, what you see inside of us. But God, this morning, we want to be like Gideon and we want to trust you, God. We want to step into the future that you have for us, God. We want to step out into your plans. And so I pray that, God, over your church this morning, God, give us that boldness, God. Give us that ability to live out, Lord, what you're calling us to, God. No matter how difficult, no matter how impossible it seems, Lord, we want to live according to your plans, God. So use us this week in our workplace, God. Help us to step out, God, in our school, in that classroom, Lord. Help us to step out out, God, and let it make a difference, God. Let us see transformation in others' lives as we step out into your plan. We pray this in your name. Amen.